Marriage on a Tightrope supports couples in strengthening their mixed faith marriage. Visit tightropemarriage.org to make a recurring donation and learn more about the mixed faith community. Welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we are still married. We are excited to be with you again. And before we get into today's topic, we would love to A, say thank you very much for listening. Also for all of the emails that we've received. We keep getting emails and messages on mormondiscussionpodcast.org. And the email, just as a reminder, is marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. But we keep getting these emails, and it's great, and we love responding to them. We've had a few lunches with a few people, and... Well, you've had a few lunches with a few people. That's true. We're still trying to find a number of people just finding schedules to align to be able to, to go out to, to dinner or have Those someone over. Those darn children. Children just ruin every... I've always said... <laughs> really, I have. I've always said that... That's the one main flaw with the plan of salvation <laughs> is kids. I usually say that when the kids are a little rambunctious, if you will. More than just thank you, Katie wanted to admonish the better half of the listeners to send emails and listen as well. Because what did we notice as we were getting emails for, about our, our podcast? Well, it was fun to hear from a lot of people, but the majority of you who have contacted us have been the faith uh, shifter. So the spouse. The or faith shifter. AKA, that sounds like a Marvel movie or something. I know, right? We're going to create a superhero, the faith shifter. It's going to bomb in the box office. Anyway, it's been the husband. And now this isn't always the case. We've had a few women reach out, but it's mainly been the non-believer. The, the non-believer. Just to put it simply. Right, that has reached out to us. So, just a plug for your spouses, please, please um, encourage them and ask them to listen to us in this podcast. I know it can be a hard thing, especially when uh, you are in this weird shifting role here. Again, another plug for the spouse to listen to us and also to email us with any questions or concerns that they have. Absolutely. You can uh, address it to Katie, and Katie's been very open to, once she receives an email, to give her cell phone number in case anyone wants to reach out to her. So we're happy to do that. Um, Our address, if you want to come and knock on her door anytime. No, no, no. no. Okay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So with with that little uh, preface, we will jump into this week's topic. As is the custom so far with this podcast, Katie has thought up the next topic, uh, one of these days I'll get my say and we'll... <laughs> I don't think we fight about topics. No, I we don't fight that... about it. I just, I think it's fun to see what you want to talk about. Yeah. And I usually have an outline set up and then we she go does. ahead and move on. That's just the very type A per- person that I am. So. She is the oldest, in case we haven't explained this, she's the oldest of eight. I'm the youngest of six. So she's used to bossing around and I'm used to being bossed. That's why our marriage is so perfect, honey. Right? No issues at all. <laughs> all right. So, Katie, what are we talking about today? Especially speaking uh, to the spouse of the the non-believer spouse, today I wanted to talk a little bit about feeling overwhelmed. In this process, you both feel overwhelmed in different ways. And so I wanted to talk about that. This last year has been so difficult for us. 2017, you know, I, I've, it's funny because people have always said to me, 
oh, you'll have good years and you'll have bad years. And I never knew what that meant until now. I can look back on her last 13 years of marriage and I can point out the bad years. Not that it was all bad, but it was a, an especially difficult year, right? Yeah. With yeah. difficulty comes growth. Uh-huh. 2018 is going to be better. I that know. was not this a is, very convincing. Uh-huh. No, I know. Well, it is 13 is your lucky number. So maybe this 13th <sighs> year will be our lucky year. Anyway, last year, there were a lot of things going on. And I think that it's easy for all of us to get sucked into something like a coping mechanism, right? In order to cope with the crap that's happening around you. And I have an, a very distinct coping mechanism. Alan, do you know what that is? Yeah, it's expensive. That's all I remember. <laughs> it's always expensive. <laughs> I do. I um, Looking back at the year, we, we left the state quite a few times. Okay. Do you know how many times we left the state? Well, I do, but I'm cheating because you have it on your, on oh, your, uh, your notes right in front notes. of me. Okay. So we took 10 trips. Am I wrong? 10 trips. So I don't know if the 10 included you because there were a couple trips I took alone right. or with friends. Mm-hmm. And so I personally took 10 trips. Nice. And, you know, I actually took quite a few more, but that's just for work. Well, you know, that doesn't count. Get those scammers. I, that's how we were able to do that's so many trips. That's why she's able to do 10 trips because we had sky miles. We had a lot of sky miles and Marriott points. But there's one place in particular I went three times to. Okay, now all of you know, and especially I think ladies out there, because I don't know many men who are into this, but I, when I get overwhelmed, I look at my Disneyland app. <laughs> okay, and if you don't know what the Disneyland app is, imagine men, if you will, or women. I'm not trying to, you know, say women can't think this is ridiculous either. But imagine with me, if you will, you're sitting in bed with your wife, and she pulls up, and all of a sudden she turns to you and she says, Oh my gosh. Small World has a 90-minute wait right now. And I'm in like, that, we, are, uh, <laughs> we are two states away. Why do, why do you need to know what the line at Small World is about? It's a sickness. It is. <laughs> I, I love looking at the Disneyland app to see what the wait times are. So how many times did you go so to Disneyland So I went to year? Disneyland three times last year. One went, was for my birthday. We went, yeah, that was a present for definitely you. Yeah, I opened right? that and I just went, oh, here we go. I was excited. It was a great day. It really was. And we did a few other things on the trip too, uh, baseball game at UCLA and just fun things. That, I mean, I sweetened the deal. Yeah, I for balanced sure. it out. Yeah. Uh, I went in February with some friends and in March with you. And then in November, we took all the kids for yeah. a couple of days yeah. and went. For me, when I am feeling anxious or overwhelmed, what my go-to thing is, is to plan the crap out of every single day. We did 10 trips. I did 10 trips. Three of them to Disneyland. Last year was my first full year as a primary president. Brand new. By the way, never have been in primary my entire life. And so being in primary for the first time, I just kind of threw myself into it. I started a business with a friend and we would meet every morning after we would swim at five in the morning and then we'd come back and we would meet like from six to seven or seven thirty as we planned out this business. We have a son that has 
multiple, I don't know, personality issues. I don't well, know if that's how you're making him sound it. schizophrenic. No, but, <laughs> he, but we have a son that has a lot of challenges. And so we spent a lot of time last year at the psychologist's office, at the therapist's office, the principal's office, at the principal's <laughs> office in with the teacher in class. It was a very difficult year for our, for our son. And so in turn, we did a lot of focusing on him. I had started this really dumb tradition, which I realized, I don't know, maybe three weeks into the school year, where I did a cookie Friday, and every Friday was cookie Friday. And not only did I make cookies for the kids at my home, but I made it for all of the teachers at the school. And I would take these cookies to school every single Friday. She was a celebrity at school. She still is. <sighs> yeah, except not this year because... She gets the stink eye now because she's I, not making I cookies I haven't anymore. been making cookies. So she's a baketress after all. A baketress, that's right. And then my sister has a company. And so I started doing side work for her whenever she needed help. Midway through the year, I had this kind of close-knit group of friends and... There was some drama within the friend group, and I all of a sudden didn't really have a close group of friends. There were just a lot of things going on last year. A lot of things that I caused myself. I was constantly planning something. I was constantly um, starting something, doing a project. I said yes to everything. Everything. And that led to my demise, I would say. (laughs) Those were just a few things, a number of things that I did to focus my attention elsewhere. I didn't want to have to deal with what Alan and I were dealing with. And I thought, well, if I keep myself busy, I will be able to just blow past this. I will discuss now kind of what I did during the year. Then we'll get into how we coped with it. During the year for me, I noticed a few things that would cause me to feel overwhelmed uh, or feel some anxiety. And if you've ever experienced anxiety, Sometimes there isn't a really good trigger. Sometimes it just kind of happens. And we've talked about that in previous episodes where all of a sudden we're on a date night, everything's going great. And then, oh, I'm having a hard time breathing and I'm feeling a little bit of an anxiety coming on. But in these moments that I've been overwhelmed, I've kind of identified a few different ways to not to cope with it. We'll get there. But things that triggered that feeling. Sometimes it was the the study itself, right? Just the quantity being digested. Imagine you're Joey Chestnut and you're throwing down hot dogs and after 50 or so hot dogs, you start to go, I need to I need to do something else with my life. <laughs> He's on the amazing race right now, by the way. He's actually more boring than I thought he would. He's much more boring. But he should stick with hot dogs. He should stick with hot dogs. <laughs> For me, there was there was moments when it was like I couldn't stop learning and reading and studying and listening to podcasts. And I would keep going, even though it was exhausting. It just felt like I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this again, not offering the solution to that right now, but that was one of the times that I would feel overwhelmed. Another is not being able to adequately explain to others, whether that's your spouse or a believing friend on why your beliefs are changing and feeling misrepresented, feel mis- mis- feeling misunderstood. It was really overwhelming for me to try to explain where I was at And all of a sudden, someone that I felt was very close to me was talking to me like I was out of my mind, basically. And when that happens with your spouse, it's even compounded more because of how important they are in your life. So that was one. And then the last one is disagreeing about behavioral changes. In some people's lives, this can be more dramatic than it has been with us. Uh, We've, I think we've mentioned like, there really isn't much behavioral change with me at all. 
as far as decisions that I've made. I'm not drinking alcohol, coffee, smoking. There's not that big hurdle to, to get over for, for Katie and I. But there are some things where I'm like, no, I just don't feel this is bad, so I'm going to do it now. And the one example that, that I can give you, which we're still not on the same page of, but that's kind of the point of the podcast. This is a hot button issue still. <laughs> it is. This was in, what was it, early fall? September-ish? August or September. August or September. Uh, I had a friend come over to our house. He mentioned he really wanted to go to Book of More Musical. And I said, heck yes, I would love to go to the Book of More Musical. Now, as a preface... I have, here comes the defense mechanism, but I, I had listened to all the music five, six years ago when it first came out and when I was fully believing. And that's just kind of my personality. I kind of toe the line when it comes to humor anyway. So this isn't something that I ever thought was awful, evil, terrible. It was more of a, oh my gosh, I can laugh at my own beliefs type of thing. But now that I have... And I never and thought Katie it was never funny. thought it was funny. No. And, and I understand that. When I decided to go with him a few days before we bought the tickets, it, Katie, I don't know that you were convinced it was actually going to happen. It was sold out, so we had to buy you know, on KSL or buy on, on eBay or StubHub or whatever. Yeah, it was sold out. And so I thought, well, the chances of him going are not great anyway. And so I'm, not, I'm just not going to... He knew how I felt. I didn't want him to go. And I just was adamant that it's not something that you should go to because it's just not appropriate. And I felt differently. And I, and I still do. I felt, well, you can feel that way, but um, I don't. So I'm 35. I can kind of make that decision. And so I went and we found tickets and it was, it was very funny. It was hilarious. And I, and then I came home and, and it I was bad yeah you know how at costco they sell those water bottles in pairs the ones that keep your water cold for like 24 hours or two two days or whatever right we got in a tiff if you remember outside the house where you were just furious that i had gone and i was so frustrated that you were so mad i threw my metal water bottle against the ground and it dented it so i still (laughs) i have not replaced the water bottle (laughs) I still, every day I get to see the dent in it and it reminds me of don't overreact. And it also reminds me that you're in a better place now with Katie than you were in August. Okay. And I (laughs) don't mind being home with the four kids to support Alan to do stuff. I mean, he does um, improv comedy on the weekends and that can be hard a Friday or Saturday night and I'm home and he leaves and I'm, I'm it for the whole night tonight he has a guy's night and I'm fine supporting that kind of stuff, but I did not support him going to this. So I sat home and I sulked the entire time. And then I do what I do best. I gave him the silent treatment. Oh, and it's the worst. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not a yeller. I'm not that type of person. I am a keep it all into myself and do not speak to the other person. It's poison. It is, but that's how I cope. And so <laughs> I, he came home, I left. I don't even remember where I want, went. I was just needed to get away. We probably didn't talk for two days. Yeah, it was nasty. And we still don't agree on it. But I think we're more comfortable disagreeing now. Yes. Not with everything, but on this specific on topic. On this specific topic. And in fact, we'll get to the coping now of how Katie has learned a better way to cope rather than taking a trip. 
I think some of the topics that we have talked about so far here will be very specific entire episodes in the future of things that we are more on the same page on now. So there's a little teaser. Yeah, when we were going through the outline of this, we thought, oh my gosh, there's we still have this to address and this to address and this to address. So we'll go into depth about some of these things. What we just wanted to talk about today is distractions and how we cope with them. So story time. I did all these crazy things last year, took all these trips. And towards the end of the year, I had taken on so many projects. It was December and I was doing this light the world project where our primary was collecting change from all of our neighbors and we were going to take all of the kids downtown to do let them pick something from the service vending machines and i felt strongly about it and and i was excited to do it in the midst of all of that also we were contacted by primary children's and asked if we could take a family of seven to do kind of a last minute sub for Santa for them. I thought I was done with all of our, you know, Christmas shopping. And then we kind of threw ourselves into that. And I was leaving to go to my brother's the next week. Every night I was staying up late. I was getting up early. I ha- We just had a lot going on. And, you know, that's my answer to everything is just stay busy. I was at Costco and it was the day before I was supposed to leave to go to my brother's and I was going to be at my brother's for three days and it was just to see my nephew get baptized and see another nephew uh, get blessed. Uh, I was at Costco and I had made a food schedule for Alan and I was buying all the food so he knew exactly what to feed. I'm just trying to make it easier, make it as easy as possible for him because I know that it can be hard. So I'm at Costco and I'm coming out of Costco and I'm just pushing the cart. And this woman just walks up to me and she hands me a sucker and she says, you know, you really look like you could use a sucker. And I lost it. I started crying really hard and I was super embarrassed because the woman standing there like, what is going on? <laughs> I gave her a sucker and I said, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I like, thank you so much. And I just didn't know even what to say. So I got in the car and I just sat there and I cried hard and my eyes were red and puffy. I, I drove home. Alan, as soon as I walked in the door, he looked in my face and he said, are you okay? And I went straight to my room and I just cried and cried and cried and cried. It was probably an hour worth of crying. I was just letting it all out. And then I went to my brother's house and I literally slept for three days. I would get up to do stuff with the family, but whenever we were at his house, I would go lay down and I was... I took so many naps. I've never taken naps before. Anyway, so just like mentally and emotionally and physically, my body was just done. It was like, no more. You can't do any more. About a week after Christmas, I went to go visit some friends, some really close friends. I hadn't seen them in about a year. We spent four hours just talking about everything that has happened the whole year. And I word vomited four hours worth of conversation about how my life was and all the struggles and everything that I had done and all the trips I had been on all year long. And it's interesting because they said to me at the end, you know what, Katie, it just sounds like you really need to simplify your life. The theme of the whole conversation 
was simplify. And I really thought about that. And I thought, this is the theme of our year coming up. We have to simplify in order for us to make it through. And that is not an easy thing for me because (laughs) when I decide to do something, I do it to the Martha Stewart max. I'm going to do it. Other than tax fraud. Yeah. We haven't done our taxes yet, have we? No, I just let's not be fraudulent. About <laughs> let's it. not be fraudulent. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'll do it and I'll beat it to death and I'll do it the best that I can. Later, I was talking to someone else and they said to me, it just sounds like you need to go back to basics. And it was two people within a couple of days who had suggested this to me and I I just felt in my heart, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to go back to basics. We need to simplify our life. And I don't know how in the world I'm going to do that, but that's what we need to do. Yeah, and I remember, I'll give you one example of how, how she did this and how we did it together, was we were asked to go and be mom and pa for Trek this coming summer. And we said yes. And mind you, the state presidency asked us to do it in the middle of this faith transition. So we were like, should we? <laughs> well, they knew too where we were at. But, and that's the thing is they also knew. And so we we're like, you know what? Yeah, that's fine. And we were excited. It was going to be a big, fun experience, but a lot of work, of course. And it happened to be like the week after we got back from a family wedding and vacation out in Georgia. And so we were like, uh. So when Katie had her meltdown slash awakening on keeping things simple, we talked about it and we just went, we need to tell him no. We just need to tell him no. Right. So we and, did. We and I him actually, f- funnily, funnily is a new word. Funnily. Funnily. I had a hard time. Like she asked me to reach out to the counselor in the state presidency to tell him and say, yeah, I think we're not going to do it. It took me three or four days to finally admit to myself, okay, we're not going to do it. And so it took me a little bit of time because I was a little excited to, to do it. But I did. And his text was, enjoy your the extra time in your life together or something like that. It was, a, it was a sweet message. So it wasn't a big deal. But that's one way that, how else have you found you've simplified, Katie? Well, I'll mention with Trek too, it was like a weight lifted off our, our shoulders. Even though yeah. we were excited about it, when it came down to it and we said no, it was like, oh gosh, thank goodness we don't have to do that. It's just an extra thing. I have found just, I say no to things. If I can't help at the school, I won't overexert myself when I can't. Also, I have not planned a single trip this year. (laughs) That's hard for you, huh? so hard for me. And to be fair, yes, we said we are going to Georgia on vacation, and that's kind of an annual event, and there's a wedding tied to it this year. But other than that, that's it. Other than that, that's it. And so even last year, people would invite us to go on trips, and I would immediately say yes. But once I made that decision to simplify things, this year, We've been invited on a couple of different trips and I've just said, you know what? It's just not the right timing for our family right now. We're going to focus our efforts and our money and our time on other things. And so I think that we're trying to be more intentional. And because of that, it's been easier to say yes. Absolutely. Sorry. No. It's easier to say no. It's been easier to say no to those things. Like the bishop, you talked to him and you said, "Um, I'm not going to be coming to ward council anymore. Ah! I'm just kidding. So that's how Katie learned how to cope. Here's a few ways that that I found were were important and valuable for me to to cope. I I learned to cope with physical activity. So either going to the gym more often or hiking. And if you know me personally, you know that 
I am not a person that well, enjoys to hike, and neither no, is Katie. neither of us. We are not campers. We're not campers. We're not rugged outdoorsmen. We are, no. But we, and we'll talk about making the most out of your Sundays in another episode. Last episode was similar to that, but hiking was something that we did Sunday mornings when we had church at one and we loved it. And that was a great coping mechanism for me, a great way to, to be outdoors and just change of pace type of thing. So physical activity, that was one. I also found that music has always been something that has tied to me nostalgically big time and has spoken to me big time, which isn't the same for Katie. And so for me, uh, listening to music was, was a big part of this of this and Katie kind of smiles because like if I'm being overwhelmed by topics that I'm studying about the church and then I'm like I need to take a break from this and then I have a faith playlist that's all about faith or losing faith yeah it drives me crazy because I hear you (laughs) listening to it in the shower and I'm like oh great Another another song about losing your faith. He's in there crying again. But they weren't all songs that were about Some of about them were motivating. Yeah. So <laughs> not all of them tore him down. But for me, that was a really big thing that was very helpful, was music. But then we get to, we get to really, I think, the, the healthier ways of, of coping and rather than music or physical activities. Because those are absolutely relevant and very, especially the physical activities, a great way to get rid of stress. The, maybe those are more band-aids than handling the issue directly. And for me, handling the issue directly was having someone to talk to. So whether that's uh, a family member or a friend at work, having someone that can listen and I don't feel is judging me that I do feel maybe they're in the same position as me, which is, I mean, it goes back to the entire purpose of this podcast. It helps to not feel like you're alone. So that was very helpful. And the most helpful thing that isn't always possible, but that becomes easier every day that you do it is open communication with your spouse. The ultimate person that I want to help me get over my heavy load and my, my stress and anxiety is Katie. She's always the one that I want to cling to. Being able to have those conversations, some of them in the short term are not easy. And they're even when we get to how we cope together, we'll talk more about this, but it's annoying sometimes. But it has been so nice to be able to actually openly communicate with Katie. Just this last Monday, we went to bed really annoyed with each other. Not that we were fighting, but we had disagreed on something. And it was, well, okay, good night. And I turned my back and he turned his back and that was lights out. And so (laughs) it, I mean, as recent as this week, it has happened. But what's interesting is the next day we woke up, we did our individual daily tasks. And then when we came back together at night, all of a sudden we felt better. We talked more about it. And then we came to an agreement together. Yeah. And... And then we talk to the kids about it. And then we talk to the kids about it. Again, later episode. That's going to be a very fun episode, in fact. And it'll probably be the next episode of talking. This is another teaser of talking to your kids and what to say. So that, I think this is probably the example that we'll, that we'll get into when we get there. So now we're talking about coping together. And we just talked about the first, and I feel the most important, is openly communicating, even when it's difficult, especially when it's difficult or annoying. Obviously, you're being respectful. That is a for us, has been instrumental in, in feeling better about being overwhelmed with all of this. Another coping mechanism has been finding common ground on what we both 
could do together. And so um, I mentioned that we did this project for the primary and we have all these really sweet old neighbors. And so we asked them to dump out their change and to donate it to the primary so our primary kids could do these service vending machines. And we collected a ton of money. It was just amazing. And then we went to the Joseph Smith building on like a Friday when the kids were out of school we met there and we had the kids form two lines and then just let them one after the other pick things out of the vending machine. Alan, I mean, he was really supportive through it all. He would help us collect money. More than anything, Alan was really supportive in every action that he took. Whenever it mattered to me, he has taken it upon himself to make it matter to him. And so the day we went down to the Joseph Smith building, he took off work He came, he took pictures, he took video. He was just that support there. I had him stand at one of the machines and then another dad at another machine to help get the kids through. That was something that was cool for the kids, but it was also cool for our relationship because we were able to come together to do something that wasn't for us. It was for someone else. That was a really neat experience. Just doing, having, doing things together that... Have nothing to do with us. The the last one is 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 another good one. If you had to rank them, this is in the top three out of the three things that we're going to talk about. So the last one is being more intentional about your time together. What do you mean by that, Katie? Maybe I've been reading too many self help books. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have been. One thing I told Alan is, if we spend time together, yes, we have our nights where we just sit on the couch and pop popcorn and watch Netflix. And that is needed time. There's also time where you need to be intentional with what you do. So for example, the other night we went for a walk at like, it was seven o'clock at night. We just left the kids to watch each other after dinner and we just needed to blow off some steam. So we went for a walk and we talked the whole time about, what did we talk about? We talked about a lot of stuff. We We talked talked about about feeling the spirit. We talked about just how was your day? Just, it was both light and heavy stuff. Right. It was not heavy in a bad way, but heavy in a good way. Yeah. I think just catching up on our time and I have a neighbor and they go to the gym every morning together at six in the morning. And I thought, you know, they're really being intentional with the time that they spend with each other as well as with their time in general. And that's something that we could do too. I think that it brings us closer together in in a different way, serving, definitely doing service together. It's rather than it be a my time, his time, and let's just focus on us. We're trying to do different things that will bring us together and not physically. Physically bring us, well. I should... uh, that'll be a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put a parental advisory on that episode. Wait, we're not doing, we're not doing the kid talk as our episode next week. What are we doing next? We're oh, doing, it's next week, we're, Valentine's? We're focused, so listeners, teaser, Next Monday, it's Valentine's Day week. Our topic will focus on love. I'd love to just reframe. This is where my business training is coming in. Just reframe what we've talked about today. We've talked about when you feel overwhelmed, what can you do both as an individual and a couple to, in a more healthy way, cope? And Katie talked about simplifying and going back to the basics and just eliminating what you don't need in your life. 
Also, but I just let me put a plug in there. It might be something different for you because it doesn't always have to be simplify. Maybe you're already really good at simplifying. Maybe you're not good about planning dates or maybe doing extra things that can bring you together. I mean, share this with your spouse and then sit down and talk about what is the theme of your year? What is it that you want to accomplish together? It doesn't have to be simplify. For us, that will be our theme this year. However, it might be something completely different for you. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I personally found physical activity, music to be more temporary fixes that were good, but then also just open communication with not just Katie, but others as well in my life that could relate to what I'm saying was very, very helpful when I felt overwhelmed. And together, open communication, finding common ground, and being more intentional with our time together was what we found the most helpful. We would love to hear your comments, hear your thoughts. So please send us an email at marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. Say hi to Alan or Katie or both of us, and we would love to keep you as a listener. And bake you good food. Mm. We'll see you next time. <laughs>